Rockin' Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Some breaking news coming at you in a couple of minutes. You're inside Rockin' Fin Radio with me, Tom P. We are on November 12th and 13th. Happy New Year. Yes, the pheasant and quail season's open today. I gave you the stocking numbers for today, last week. Okay, here are the numbers for this Tuesday and Thursday. These numbers are for both. Assenpink's going to get 320, Kyers Mills 200, Howardsville and Manahawken 50, Medford 80, Stafford Forge 160. Dix 130, Glassboro 100, Heiserville and Port Republic 50, Madehorse Creek 90, Millville 340, Nantucket 110, Tuckahoe 110, and Winslow 140. Again, this is going to be for the 15th and also the 17th for the Bob Whites on PZ and Greenwood 280 and 280 on Tuesday and 260 and 260 on Thursday. And the breaking news, as promised via press release I received on Thursday the 10th, New Jersey bear hunt looks like it will be on and will commence during the uh, shotgun week. Big surprise move there. What was going on behind the scenes? Who knows if this will actually come off is still anyone's guess. You know how politics are in New Jersey. Joining us on the line for a minute or two now and on the back end of the program is Ed Markowski, president of New Jersey Outdoor Alliance, instrumental in uh, fighting this, uh, getting a bear hunt restored as under the guise of here, here's the release. Governor Murphy announced a strategy to safeguard New Jersey communities and contain wildlife. Why did he just say part of that? A big part of that is a regulated bear hunt. Ed, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Very short notice. Congratulations. What is happening? Well, it's a sudden breakthrough, which I'm very, very happy with. A lot of hard work went into this with our Fishing Game Council and our president, uh, chairman of the council, Frank Virgilio, staying with it. It only took four years for the governor to realize that the only way to control a bear population is with regulated harvest by sportsmen. Um, we had to make some concessions as far as things that he wanted, uh, but we the most important thing that we're going to get from this is a comprehensive black bear management plan, which will be good for seven years. So we won't have Both. to go through this. Right. Now, that's if both sides keep all of their promises, and that should take place. At the Tuesday's meeting of the Fish and Game Council, right. this Tuesday, November the 15th, up at the State Museum in Trenton. Uh, once that meeting's over, everything will be solidified. The ground rules will be set. The discussion for the changes uh, to the game code that have to be made will be uh, set. So we'll be ready to go with the season. That will be up to the division to get the permits out there and to see what kind of an interest this late season is going to uh, generate as far as sportsmen go. Okay, we're up against a hard break. Ed Markowski will be joining us at the tail end of Rack and Finn Ritter for a few minutes, and we will go into this in much greater detail during next weekend's program. Uh, coming up, we're talking TOG with Peter Clark. Artificial Reef Coordinated, New Jersey Bureau of Marine Fisheries. And also, after that, is Brett Taylor, Tog Tactics. Grab that cup, grab that rebel, be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Baron Tog doesn't get any better than that. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app. Healthy life. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're talking TOG right now. Very special guest on the line is Peter Clark, 
principal biologist with New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Marine Fisheries. And Pete is also the head of the New Jersey Artificial Reef Project. Very special guest on, especially when we're talking bottom fishing, because Jersey has undeniably, undoubtedly, the greatest artificial reef system on the planet, and dare I say the universe. Peter Clark, thanks for joining us. So I get too fired up when you're on the, on the show, Pete. You get me cranking, talking tog and talking sea bass, man. <laughs> Let's roll. Good to have you hey, on, Pete. Hey, good morning, Tom. How are you? Uh, Pete, now the uh, season's going on on, what's it, uh, Wednesday. It goes to uh, five fish. Tog bite is furious. It's insane. It's epic. It's whatever you want to call it. Pete, great job on the reefs. And the tog, togging in Jersey is some of the best there is, brother. Yeah, man, I, I agree with you, Tom, and, um, and and thank you. Yeah, our reef program is is really special. Obviously, the my predecessor, Bill Figley and Hugh Carberry, they really set this program up. And like I, I always tell you, I, I'm just carrying the torch for what what kind of work they've done in in the past. So, uh, you know, the result of all that is some amazing structure on the bottom. Um, you know, it's tog season, right? It's winter. It's tog season. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're five fish, 15 inches. And, um, yeah, we have amazing availability up and down the coast of these animals. Pete, for, again, from the top, Sandy Hook, right on down to the to the deep water reef or the Wildwood Reef, the, the Cape, there's tog everywhere. And, Pete, again, the structures and the deployments that uh, the marine fishery putting out there, again, the reef program, it's just like it's tog mania. It's tog heaven. Yeah, absolutely. And right now is the prime time, right? So, like, you know, we see these fish come from offshore waters into the inshore uh, inshore grounds. Like when that water hits about 48 degrees, they start coming in in the spring. And they're, they're spawning, right? They spawn in the spring and in the early summer. And then we've got them in, we've got them around. We've got them in the waters all summer, all spring, obviously, all right. summer. And coming into the fall now, they're still in those shallow areas. That I'm fishing for them in 20 feet of water. You know, we're at one wow. fish right uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was fishing for them in 20 feet of water. They're in 20, 30, 40. So it, you just follow them right offshore. When that water usually hits about, you know, 52 degrees, in the fall, that's when they're going to start moving out into those deeper sites, mm -hmm. um, you know, greater greater than, than 80 feet or so. But that gives us all of November, most of December, where we're fishing all over those reef systems right. that we've got. And Pete, now, in your experience, one, as an expert togger, two, and, you know, doing the deployments and, and <clears throat> you know, heading the reef project, any particular, I know tanks are one thing, but any particular deployment material that you notice tog prefer one over the other say this a case and door over a reef ball that type thing what do you got yeah yeah so you know as we, we were just talking about how these things move in and during the spring and the summer i really I, I i like concrete some of that shallower stuff that you know rock piles and concrete obviously guys are getting them all over the jetties up and down the coast oh yeah but now that we're in the no now that we're in the november we like to focus on our, our metal metal structures. We've uh, we run a ventless trap survey on our reefs, and we've noticed that we've got higher abundance typically on those uh, on those metal structures than we do on the concrete and rock pieces. So, and that's during this fall winter period. So, you know, when you're when you're thinking Todd this time of year, you should be thinking 
metal, right? Okay, Pete, is it a matter of, uh, you know, more muscles on there or barnacles or something or more forage on the metal materials? So I think what, you know, I think what happens when the water is warmer during the spring and summer, they're, they're more active. They're swimming all over the place. Right. Um, so th- they don't need to hunker down in a hole, so to speak, right? They can find refuge in a small divot, <clears throat> in, a, in a little, you know, a small shallow cave okay. or depression. Whereas in the winter, they're going to be a little bit more sedentary. And that doesn't mean that they're not swimming and hunting and on the move. But then they're really they're focused on those deeper, um, you know, those deeper <clears throat> caves and holes that they can really hide out in and okay. lay up until they until they start moving around. And now again, you, you know, that's that's the biology of the tog. I think you know, I think we probably have fish all over these pieces all the time. But boy, in November and December. Yeah. Those metal pieces are unbelievable. Uh, those, we call them white hot tog metals <laughs> in our vernacular. That's well, it, Pete, man. You have some some of your fave reefs. Now we always when we have uh, Peter Clark on again. He's the uh, principal biologist uh, with New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau Marine Fisheries expert bottom fisherman par excellence. Well, Pete, you have some reefs now. For example, Garden State North, South, Little Lake, and Wildwood that we want to concentrate on in a few minutes. We have a, these are some prime reefs for togging this time of year correct absolutely right so garden state north and south are pretty similar in the terms of types of materials number of deployments etc so for those guys that are fishing those two reefs again garden state north and south um garden state north is it, it maxes out about 83 feet of water but it's got some shallow spots it's got over 700 reef balls, and I love what? I love fishing on reef balls. Um, you know, like I said, it, it, you, you, you're not you don't have to fish the metal, but so I would start looking on these reef balls. We've got them all, di- all in all different manners. We've got them clustered together, so big piles of them. We've got them spread out, so it gives uh, gives the reef a little bit of of a breathing room, if you will. And we've also got on Garden State North a whole bunch of tanks and armored personnel vehicles, ooh, o- ooh, over ooh. 70 ooh, ooh. individual tanks and uh, APCs were deployed. So, again, some of those are clustered. Some of them are, are individuals. You know, guys got the spot locks nowadays. If I were them, what I'd be doing is I would just be hitting these small pieces, there you, go. you know, getting on them, trying them out, move off to the next one. Like I said, there's 70 of them on north, so you can find them all over the place. And last but not leastly, the subway cars. We put a lot of subway cars down on North. Now, the you know the height has been uh, decreased, obviously, but there's a lot of frame left on those. And don't pass those things up because they're still around. Excellent. And there's 16 ships on Garden State North that folks ought to be focusing on as well. Oof. Man, why go, so, Clark? Why go anywhere? Why go anywhere else, man? <laughs> that that well, sounds like these uh, spots. You know. The, the cool thing the cool thing about south of course is it's a little bit shallower all right so if you're if you don't have the bike going in that deeper water try a shallower spot and um, and it's you know it's really close it's really close to uh, to the beach or it's a little bit closer than it is uh-huh. the garden state north so that, that's another good spot to try out again very similar there's 700 reef balls on south 
Um, <clears throat> got a lot of armored personnel vehicles and tanks on it, some ships, et cetera. Another great spot to try togging. Man. I love both of those reefs for togging. Hey, Pete, you mentioned a uh, little egg. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so little egg, one of those, um, you know, one of those reefs that we don't always hear a whole lot about, but it shouldn't be overlooked. The nice thing about Little Egg is it doesn't receive the kind of pressure mm-hmm. that Garden State North and South see, right? So it's about four miles off the beach out of um, Little Egg Inlet. It's two square miles in area, so it's bigger than both of the, uh, the previous maps, right, yeah. like Garden State North and South. We've got over, ready for this, 1,200 reef balls on Little Egg, okay? <laughs> Almost the same amount of tanks and APCs, about 40. And there's, the, 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 you know, there, the downfall is there's only three ships, barges, things like that. One of my favorites on Little Egg is the Waldorf. It's really big. It's over 200 feet long. It's got plenty of space for folks to anchor up or to spot lock on. And, uh, you know, it gives you a great opportunity. And there are some huge togs out on Little Egg. I know this from personal experience. Okay, Pete, last but not least, the farther south, again, always in the shadow of Cape May, it seems, and towns in deep water, is the Wildwood Reef. Good tog spot. Yeah, don't forget, great tog spot. Don't forget about Wildwood Reef. It's 63 feet of water. It's four and a half miles offshore, but it's pretty big. Three square miles in area, which makes it one of our bigger reefs that we're talking about right. today. <clears throat> Here's the cool thing going on at Wildwood. Well, there's a bunch, but the first is, I put 105 deployments of dread rock on Wildwood Reef. Woo! Now, yes. Now, some of these pieces are pretty big, meaning that there's going to be a lot of space for these things to hide out in. I would definitely be focusing on that dread rock. A lot of them come 15 feet off the bottom, which is providing those Todd plenty of height mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the structure, the uh, you know those little caves and divots that we were talking about. Besides that, You've got seven ships to pick from. You've got the 115-foot Lisa Kim. We put that down about five years ago. And the 132-foot pair of Kings, which is uh, on Wildwood Reef. You've got 28 tanks, APCs, and over 600 reef balls. Again, don't overlook Wildwood. If you're looking to go togging, especially, uh, you know, as we just first opened up here in in early uh, November, mid-November, Try out Wildwood, man. It's a good spot to be togging in this early part of the season. Okay, Peter. Well, Captain, and by the way, because he is a captain, Captain Peter Clark, New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Peter's also the head of New Jersey's incredible artificial reef project. Thanks for joining us. And I understand, Peter, that the new, uh, it's, it, we announced this uh, earlier in the fall, but the Guide to Fishing and Diving New Jersey Artificial Reefs has been updated. It is available online, correct? Correct. Yeah. So the the long awaited we uh, we we took our time putting this one out, uh, but finally we got it released earlier this year, and it's got over two thousand new deployment numbers coordinates. Wow! It can be found online if you Google New Jersey artificial reef. It will uh, guide. It will it will pop right up, and uh, it's, it's really amazing. We've got a lot of new maps. Everything has a new look to it. And like I said, over 2,000 new coordinates. We're still working on uh, getting a downloadable um, 
a uh, downloadable set of coordinates for everybody. So they just put it on their SIM card and upload it into their machines. But so that'll be that'll be the next phase of what we've got going on there. Well, incredible job there, Peter Clark, principal biologist, New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Marine Fisheries. Let's just check out. Pete, those four reefs he mentioned, now you can go to the podcast if you missed this broadcast. Everything is on there. Pete, thanks for it. You have a great fall season, little brother, okay? All right. Thanks, Tom. Hold it, hold it, hold it right. I'm getting one of my Tom P. Kreskin fishing moments. I see an 18-pound tog in your future, Clark. Near future, <laughs> very near. I, I, Pete, it comes to me, either comes to me in a dream or comes to me at the board. Mark, now, I didn't say when. Guaranteed, though, Clark. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I put some time in, so hopefully you're right. Okay, but you take care, brother. Be good. Best of the family. Happy Thanksgiving and all that good stuff. Happy Thanksgiving, Tom. Take care. See you, brother. Peter Clark, the man is amazing. And again, shout out to, I uh, gave the kudos to Bill Figley and Hugh Carvey. Hey, grab that cup, grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio with some Tom Tactics for November. Brett, he takes him, Taylor. Real reaction sport fishing. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG. Talk Radio 95.5. Healthy Life. Girls and boys in poverty around the world are dreaming of a better life filled with dance, art, music, and knowledge. They dream of a brighter future with enough nutritious food to eat, a chance to learn and grow, to get an education, escape poverty, and do incredible things. Today, thanks to Children International and friends like you, such dreams are coming true. Together, we give children a chance to set their sights high and succeed in school and in life by ensuring that they have access to health care, education, life skills, and so much more so they can grow, thrive, and believe in themselves. Learn more about Children International and join us in our life-changing work at children.org today. Together, we can help end poverty for good. Our connections make powerful things happen, uniting individuals and communities. We are Rotary. We are people of action. And together, we turn great ideas into reality by accessing our networks, our experience, and the best of ourselves to make a difference. Around the world, Rotary brings leaders together to build new friendships and to solve problems. Like in Austria, where generations work side by side to build sustainable housing and community centers. In India, volunteers run a mobile blood bank to help provide a steady blood supply for their local community. And in Taiwan, people are working hard to get vulnerable citizens the support and services they need. With over 1 million members, we know what people can do when they come together. Take action with us. Find out more at rotary.org slash action. The future depends on teachers. Every day, teachers are shaping our tomorrows. 
starting their students on journeys that will change the course of history. Right now, in a classroom somewhere in the United States, there's a teacher inspiring a future scientist who will make preventing pandemics their life's work, sharpening the mind of an aspiring environmentalist who will help combat climate change, and generating possibilities for a student who will be the first in their family to graduate college. It all starts with teachers who meet challenges with creativity, who reinvent education for the future, who work towards a school system that lifts up every child, regardless of race, income, or zip code, and who enable the full potential of our students, our communities, and our country. Explore a career that leaves a legacy you can be proud of. Shape the future. Teach. Learn more and receive free support at teach.org. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, welcome back to Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Week of November 12th and 13th. And hey, a little bit of a, a little early Happy New Year celebration again when a season opens or part of a season reopens whatever in the parallel universe of rack and fin radio is indeed cause for a new year celebration and here we go on the 16th this wednesday blackfish aka tog the limit goes back up to five fish from the one i'll tell you the way to bite spin and some of the inlets i've been fishing down here by longport uh barnegat inlet up there mass there are tog are all over the place and i'm sure they're swarming up on the wrecks Rig or jig? What do you use? What do you look for? Baits. Now, green uh, green crabs are standard. Uh, guys, some guys are starting to use the white leggers. Some guys are, st- are still using the uh, the cooked shrimp. What works, what doesn't, and when to use one or the other. Join us on the line. Very special guest. Longtime Rack and Fin Radio member. I call him member of the Rack and Fin Radio family. His son will be playing for the Orioles, I hope, in about three or four years. Pluck him right out of high school, go right to the majors, is what I say. It's Captain Brett Taylor from Real Reaction Sport Fishing, based in Ware Town. He has a 20 skiff, and he has a 23 Parker, and he is a Toginator, as he's called. Captain Brett, thanks for joining us. Short notice, I know that, but the season's open, uh, reopening again to five fish. All hell's going to break loose. Cap, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tom. Just uh, actually sitting right here and uh, boat's warming up. I got clients coming in about a half hour. Um, but we're uh, the tog bite is insane right now. Um, so you were saying about the season or over the 16th, it should be really, a really, really good bite. And Brett, I'm seeing, and uh, you know, I me, mean, I'm primarily land based, and I'm seeing specimen fish as in 16, 17 inches. I mean, for land, that's pretty good, and, and all, and some a little bigger. So I can't imagine what's going on on, on the reefs, wrecks, and rock piles, man. Yeah, we uh, actually, um, the, one of the anglers uh, we saw yesterday. I was out yesterday. Uh, he stopped in Bobby's boats, and he had a twenty incher that he he got from the land off Barnicket Inlet. Um, mm-hmm. So there you go, right? Brett, now what are you targeting? Now, uh, talk around the move. I mean, that, that inlet bite, and we caught them as late as about Thanksgiving, maybe not quite into December. And there's some aces out there. Shout out to Bobby Misak and those, uh, the, the jetty jockeys, as I call them, that so pluck some late season fish off. Talk around the move. What depth now are you seeking uh, the bigger fish? Um. Well, this, this early in the season, um, anywhere from the end of the inlet, you know, there's a lot of fish at the end of the inlet, both mm-hmm. sides, um, out to, I don't know, maybe 35, 40 feet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's this time of year. 
as that season progresses, what you're gonna what you're gonna see is you get a lot of guys out there. A lot of those inshore stuff will start getting picked over a bit. Oh yeah. Um, so you got you got to kind of wait for that you know wait for that water to start cooling down, and then you start hitting those forty five, fifty, sixty foot um, pieces, and then eventually you know late say December, uh, then you're out the deeper water, eighty, ninety, hundred feet. feet. Right. So, Brett, now targeting what kind of structure? I know you you are. Listen, Brett is a, a, a full time educator, by the way. So he you know he covered no no pebble goes unturned when he's looking for uh for cover. Very thorough, very thorough skipper. But what cover are you pinpointing? Say now through maybe Thanksgiving into early December. I know the tog like the tanks. You know some of the reefs have a lot of tanks on them and things like that. Metal. What are you keying on? Yeah, this time of year, um, you know, they're on they're on the structure. Their uh, rocks are good. You know, obviously the jetty rocks, but um, you know, those rocks that were built on those jetty they they extend out both sides. So yeah. if you can find some isolated pieces there, or some rocks, um, I've had them on really small patches. There's a really small, uh, I don't if you say I would say obstruction. It's only about ten feet long, um, and you get a lot of tog on that. Um, but as that season, I, I like anything with metal barges, tanks, um, are really good. The tanks are, are pretty much my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll hit those, a lot of the reef sites, I'll hit those. Um, and then you can also hit some of the known, uh, wrecks. Um, but again, it's, you know, it's this time of year, um, it, it's first one out there. So you got to get out early, There you go. you know, get your spot and, um, you know, hopefully and a lot of, you got to put your time in as the season goes right now. It's dropping real, right? But as that as that water gets colder, that's where you start. You have to build the bite. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you got to put your time in. Now, Brett, we fish with you now. Uh, double anchoring now is giving way to, I guess, you, you're one of the first uh, with the electric motor approach. And that has changed the game, has it not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of the old guys, they, you know, they they resent <laughs> the technology, but. Um, he said that for my benefit, amazing. people. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the technology is amazing. I mean, you have more and more boats. I mean, almost every we, – we did a charter guide down in Florida in, off Sanibel Island, and uh, almost every guide in Florida has them, right? So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of time for them to migrate, and now you see tons of boats with them. It makes your life – first of all, as a charter captain, it makes your life way easier um, I do have, I always bring a wreck anchor in case I usually sure. have two wreck anchors on the boat, um, just in case that fails or just the conditions are too rough. Um, but generally, yeah, it, it, the technology is, it's amazing. It's a push a button. You're on the wreck. You can move every five, you know, five feet, uh, in increments of that and kind of work that wreck. Um, so it's, uh, definitely an advantage. Okay, Join us on the rack of the line this morning is Captain Brett Taylor, Real Reaction Sport Fishing. I know you've seen Brett's byline and the Fisherman on the Water magazine. Brett writes everywhere, does seminars. Brett, you're on the pro staff, a little non sequitur here. What, sink, what, 10, 12, 15, 20 sponsors you have? <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Bass Pro, uh, St. Croix, Penn, Pure Fishing, Berkeley Gulp, um, a couple electronics, Hummingbird, um, uh, Minn Kota. Yeah, it's just, you know, what I, I, uh, my passion is fish. I love teaching. Um, my passion is fishing. This um, is, okay, so that's, that's what, you know, that, that's a great delineation right there. Love and then passion. 
Two things can be the same. Just enough of a difference, though. Well, Captain Brent, let's talk electronics. A shout-out to Captain Sam Racino on the Mary M. Ford. Told me this several years ago. He said, Tommy, one of the things is the advancement in electronics when it comes to bottom fishing, especially togging. Sam, you know, Sam calls it like he sees it. Captain Brett, you know, Sam, he says, I could find a patch of cover the size of a shoebox and drop down a crab. And if there's a tog on it, we're going to catch him. Do you find that if you mentioned the advancement in technology, these electronics are pretty scary, Brett? Yeah, that, it, not only just this, you know, the whole spot lock thing, but also the sonar and, and first yeah. of all sam is a uh, class a captain phenomenal captain um knows his stuff been been doing it for years so um kudos for him way doing it way longer than i have um but as far as the sonars um the side scan yeah, a lot of guys don't use it the side scan i use it all the time because that's how you find new pieces um and you can find small pieces so you might fish a rack but there might be small pieces of, away from it. And, you know, 200 feet away, you know, you might have a boat on that 200 feet away. You're on that small piece and you're getting more fish because it's, ne it's never, it's never been fished. Um, so that's where, you know, I, I say side scan, most of the units, Garmin, Lowrance, Hummingbird, they all have them. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, the, uh, technology or the, um, the clarity is unbelievable. Um, so that's what, you know, guys have to start utilizing that, um, you know, with their fishing. Absolutely. Well, Cap, let's get to some tactics now. Rig or jig? And the battle rages on. And sometimes, you know, again, we all know the advantage of um, of the jig. It's one point of contact. Your chances of snagging are reduced by what, 75, 80%, if not more. But sometimes, Cap, the best bait, freshest bait on a jig just isn't cutting it. More talk. I've been on the boats, more being caught on rigs. When do you decide which to use and how, and when you do do the jigs, I mean, sometimes that current down there is ripping. I've seen some tog jigs as heavy as five, six ounces. What, um, when do you decide what to use and then what bait do you decide to put on what you're using? Does it vary from jig to rig or vice versa? All right. So it's always, first of all, the, the jig rig question is <laughs> that's the tough one. So I always have, I always have both on boat. Um, I always ask the guys, hey, if you, you guys want, what do you want to fish? You want to fish rig, jig? Um, a lot of guys prefer the rig, so either myself or, or my son who mates for me, um, we'll, we'll fish the jig. Now, well, we, we always have both going on. So if you start getting more in the jig, then we'll, you know, then we start changing guys over. Um, right now, it doesn't matter. Jig or, you know, jig or rig right now, it doesn't matter at all. But, um, it does as you as that season goes on. Mm -hmm. I find that the jig produces way bigger fish. I just think there's a lot less wow. um, movement with it. Um, not to say the rig doesn't work. Caught plenty. I use a single hook rig. I know some guys use a, a, the hook with a sliding hook. I with chartering, I keep it nice and simple. Right. Um, but that's generally what we do now. As far as you ask for the crabs, we kind of do progression. So. 45 feet and in, 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 I usually use green crabs. Mm -hmm. um, then as that season goes, we'll start with green crab. We bring both greens and whites and some hermit crabs, which are like the, that's Ooh. your Hail Mary. Oh, hold um, on. Her, uh, hermits. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> so, I, I was taught about that on the Carol and Ann three years ago. Surprised you mentioned that, Brett. That's sort of like in the back fog of my mind, but they are deadly, especially as the season progresses. 
Oh, my God. Deadly on, deadly on big fish. So what we'll do is the progression is go green, white, and then, you know, if, if it starts slowing down with white crabs, um, then you start, you know, you hit the hermits. That's like your last resort. I know uh, so when sometimes bait is in hard, you know, is, is hard to find. Um, so you can also use cooked shrimp. Yep. That works too. Um, the bite is pretty quick. You can, some guys use even clam, yeah. but it's, it's even quicker than the crab. So crab bites pretty tough. You get a lot of swing and misses with crab. It's even, I would say double, triple, <laughs> and sometimes it's hard with those, <laughs> those, cause it's so, it's easy. The cook is the reason why they cook it rather than raw is because the raw, they can take off pretty easy. So the cook gives a little bit of uh, resistance for them taking off the bait. On the rack and um, fin line this morning is Captain Brett Taylor, Real Reaction Sport Fish. You got to get that in there. Hey, listen, Taylor, explain to me. We only have a couple of minutes. Explain to me how, tap, tap, oh, bring it up. Damn, missed him. How could I have a piece of crab shell on there and no meat? When it went down, it had meat. It comes back up and sucked out. How do they do that? They're, they, <laughs> they, it's those teeth. You know, they only use it. It's really, if you ever seen videos, the best thing to do is YouTube a video of them. Um, they literally inhale it, and it's like it's in a second. You know, they they literally just it's a quick quick move, and they inhale it, and that's it. Um, a lot of times when you're getting, I, I have found just from guys accidentally snagging them. When you when you're getting stuff that's eaten out, uh, they eat the crab out a bit. A lot of times that means you have some smaller tog down there. Okay. Um, so that's what usually, you know, and you have someone just snag it and it's the size of your hand. So you have, um, you know, you have those smaller fish down there. Those, when you get later in season, then it's, you get rid of, it's, it's, mo- it's mostly the bigger fish. Um, but the bite gets a little bit more challenging where you have to keep it still. That's what I find. A lot of anglers I take out, you got to keep it still. Uh, it doesn't matter the rock in the, the boat. You got to do your best to keep that still so you feel that bite. Because once you have that slack, you that's miss it. the bite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's your opportunity that you, you totally miss the bite. So yeah. The big thing is, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say the big thing is keep tension on, you know, keep mm-hmm. slight tension on the line. You don't want it bouncing, whether it's a jig or rig. And then once you feel that now, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you got to feel it. They might, you know, right now it's the first hit you're hit, you're swinging. Sometimes you got to let them take it, especially when they get, um, they call it scratchy. Scratchy. Yeah, there you go. Sometimes they'll rub on it. It feels like they're rubbing on the line. Um, and that's where you got to kind of, that's where your, your true, uh, I guess your true toggers start coming out. Mm-hmm. That's where you got to feel that bite. And, and those days that they're, they're a little bit reluctant. They're, they're tough. It's togging's not easy. You know, it's one of the hardest, um, probably the most addicting saltwater fishing in the Northeast. Um, the most challenging, but man, when you hook a big one, it's, it's, the fight is amazing. Captain Brett, I've been on boats where, again, I'm going to key on the size of the bait. I want to get back, hold on, let me get back to the jig for a second. Now, heavy current down there ripping. What's the heaviest jig? I know you, are you on the pro staff, I guess, S&S? and S. I told you, yeah, S&S yeah, yeah, he is a ma- big he one. He makes a monster tog jig series. But Brett, what's the yeah, heaviest he- you've gone to when you got a you got a clients on board, you want to catch some fish, and that current down there is smoking? The uh, I use okay, so the the S&S white chin wrecker. Um, that's the the one yeah. Stan makes, which is phenomenal. Um, we use that exclusively up to three ounces. Um, I don't even eighty feet. You know, I'll have the clients pitch forward. If we have some current, 
either direction. We'll have them pitch forward okay. so then it settles where they are. I don't like going past three outs. I know some guys, you know, four, five, six outs. Yeah. I just think that, you know, three, you want to keep it light. And I know Stan's a phenomenal tog fisherman. Um, I don't think Stan goes past two outs. Um, so you just really have mm-hmm. to, you know, you want to feel that bite with those. Um, you know, if you can get away with, you know, I like one ounce is perfect. Three quarter ounce, half ounce um, inshore. Mm-hmm. But then most, I would say most of your reef sites, Garden State South, Garden State, uh, sorry, Barnegat Light Reef, Little Egg Reef, you know, you can stay within that, we'll say, one to two ounces. Um, okay. You hit Garden State North where it's deeper, then you're hitting two, two and a half, three ounce jigs. Um, but you might have a day you have no current, so you might get away with an ounce. You know, it's all it's all trial out there. You just got to kind of put all the variables together and hopefully your plan works. Brett, jig color make a difference? Um. I don't know. I, I, it's like fluke and I, I love glow, yeah. you know, glow white, um, that, you know, I, I don't know if they, I don't know if they can see down 80 feet, if they can really see it. I know the glow stands out. Some of the biggest fish have been called on the glow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that is, you know, I, I think that's the color. That's my go-to. I'll use, sometimes I'll use a plain stand makes up the plain jigs for plain me, lead head, yeah. a plain lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the glow, that's my two favorites. Um, you know, so that's what I think he started making a blaze orange glow too. Um, which I think is good. He, I think he calls that orange aid for Tom P. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brett. Before I let you go, uh, one last thing. I've seen guys good good toggers. The size of the bait. I've seen some guys use almost like basically small whole white leggers. I mean, bigger than green crabs. I have a snaffle rig, whatever. Do you have instances where you'll, you'll use big baits like that, or do you keep the bait just enough to cover the hook? I'd say just enough to cover the hook. You know, we get those bigger, we call them soups, those big white leggers. I'll cut those in fours, mm-hmm. you know, I'll half them and then quarter them. Um, I like the I like the white leggers that are only three inches, you know, and sure. um, we've caught fish. We caught fish up to 15 pounds on that. Um, <laughs> you know, big thing is you can keep – you know, if you're right as a fisherman, you can keep a bigger fish. Um, I my personal preference is anything over ten. I I personally release. Sure. Um, I'll get a nice picture and release it. Those fish can be twenty, twenty five, thirty years old, um, and they're the breeding fish. So that's what. But it's your personal preference. Mm-hmm. You know, you can. So. Okay, Captain Brett, we have up against a hard break. Give that Facebook page, website, phone number. Go, bro. All right, so it's Real Reaction. My The business is Real Reaction Sport Fishing. The website, realreactioncharters.com. Uh, my cell, you can text uh, 609-290-7709. The only thing is I don't have dates available until the 18th of December. I'm all booked out. Mm-hmm. This is Well, this is what happens. Captain Brett, before I let you go, too, how are the lovely Jen and Jake and Lukester? Jen is doing, Jen's, everybody's good, man. Every, everybody's great. Jen's doing great. Um, got to get her out. I'm going to try to get her out striper fishing uh, this week. This I should say this weekend. I'm going to see if we can try to sneak out on Sunday. Um, little guy's great. I'm going to get him. He's been out in the summer fluking with us. I'm going to oh get him God. out. <laughs> Bundle. Oh, he, you know, what's funny is Luke was like the first, firstborn. So he was like kind of into fishing, but not, you know, he would be in and out of it. The two-year-old watches Luke fish 
And then he wants to hold the rod and do the same thing. So I think he'll end up, I don't want to tell oh, Luke's on my ears, but I think that the two-year-old might end up being a better fisherman than Luke eventually. On that note, uh, keep Luke on the pitcher's mound. I got to go, Kevin. You take care, man. <laughs> Thank hey, you. thanks a lot, Tom. See you, bro. Way long on that segment up against the red. Grab that cup, grab that Red Bull. Be right back, Rack and Fin Radio. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. South Jersey's Talk Station. Fox News, I'm Carmen Roberts. President Biden is in Cambodia today for the summit of the Southeast Asian Nations, or ASEAN, Biden telling the group. We also want to thank you uh, for Cambodia's clear condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. The meeting comes as the region tries to navigate the growing rivalry between China and Western powers and the rising tensions with North Korea. On Monday, Biden will meet with China's President Xi at the G20 summit. One more Senate race decided in favor of the Democrats. The Fox News decision desk calling Arizona's race for Senator Mark Kelly. Kelly, a former Navy pilot and NASA astronaut, calling himself one of the few engineers in the Senate who likes to look at the science, the data, and the facts behind issues. Fox's Kristen Goodwin, two Senate seats still in play. Parties tied at 49 each. America's listening to Fox News. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Still looking at some showers, even some rumbles of thunder for the overnight. Any of those storms can produce downpours and damaging wind gusts. Low 66 degrees. And for Saturday, breezy as clouds break for some sunshine. Still mild, though, high 72. A little bit of rain later Saturday night and turning much cooler, low 47. Breezy for Sunday with intervals of clouds and sunshine. Chilly, high just 53. I'm Mackie Weathers. Map ends on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. As I mentioned earlier, the first portion of the coastal zone season ends today. Then it's going to reopen January, or I'm sorry, November 24th. Then it's going to run through the 28th of January, 2023. Speaking of waterfowl, great event coming up very soon. Short notice here, so pay attention. New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Outdoors Women's Mentored Coastal Waterfowl Hunt at the Sedge Island Natural Resource Education Center will take place December 1st through 3rd. That's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's a woman's mentored hunt. It's a super event. My lovely Dean Marie participated several years ago. Gave a thumbs up across the board. Now, applications are accepted through, again, super short notice, through tomorrow, November 13th. And uh, applicants will be chosen. Uh, detail that will be notified by November 16th. So very short time. Pay attention. Join us online right now. A very special guest on Rack and Fin Radio is Karen Byrne. She's a principal biologist with New Jersey Fish and Wildlife Bureau of Information and Education. And she is organizing and running this incredible event. Karen, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Short Notice, young lady. So let's talk about this women's mentored coastal waterfowl hunt. What do you got? Let's do it. Thanks for having me. Yes, this will be our fifth year running the program. And we are back to normal post-COVID. Um, it's going to be overnight at Sedge. Originally, that's how we had the program. Then with COVID, we had to do some Monday things. But now we'll be staying out at Sedge again. It's a great opportunity for women who maybe have hunted some other species or just getting into hunting, maybe just do some shooting sports um, to meet other women who enjoy hunting, network, and get a feel for waterfowl hunting. 
and then it's a new listen, it's especially Barnegat Bay, traditional historic waterfowl area along the mid Atlantic region, about the entire East Coast. Well, uh, Cameron, is there a charge for this? And what, what's the, uh, how's this progress? What do you have? Well, originally we were going to have a fee, but it looks like we're going to be able to get the fee waived. Um, wow. So there will be no charge. Woo. Yes. Um, all the ammunition is going to be provided, lodging, meals. You will be staying at Sedge Island, the Sedge House, which is a historic duck hunting lodge that yeah. got converted into an education center. So we have that connection there. And that's kind of how this all started, that we used to duck hunt at Sedge Island. And then once the state took it over, it became an education center. So now we're using it to teach about duck hunting. So, Karen, what uh, do the women have to bring? Uh, they need to bring all their uh, their their license, their um, waterfowl stamp, both the federal migratory stamp and the New Jersey state stamp. They'll need their HIP certification, and then they'll need uh, some warm clothes. Other than that, we should provide everything else. We'll need some bedding stuff, but once you're selected, you'll get a nice detailed list of everything you need. Mm -hmm. and um, You'll have all the creature comforts of a home on an island. Yeah, it is. It is really <laughs> a great place. This is also uh, those chosen a shotgun, bring uh, waiters, you know, hipper chest waiters, uh, rain gear, cold weather gloves, definitely, and a face mask. Is a camera. When that wind on Barnegat Bay gets tooting, Karen, we know that we know that could be a cold dealio. And it's limited to twelve oh, yeah. hunters. It's limited to twelve hunters. Here's a great opportunity. Apply. The deadline is. Tomorrow the 13th. So, Karen, what, what site? Where do people go to apply, Karen? Uh, they can visit njfishandwildlife.com and navigate to uh, the R3 program, which is Recruit, Retain, and Reactivate. And there's an application link on there that they can fill out. Karen, this or they is, can always email or call me. This is a great event. Now, you said this is a fifth year, sixth year, whatever. Any other events like this planned, focusing on, on women in the outdoors for, through the uh, through uh, Fish yes, and Wildlife? We, we have a turkey workshop that we um, host down in Vineland at the Landis Stewards Authority that we run in May. So we're planning on running that again this year. And then we should have other programs offered that are in the works right now. Listen, again, go to the website, the R3 website. But here's the participants will meet Thursday, December 1st at 1.30 p.m. at the Sedge Dock, located Island Beach State Park and Seaside Park. Or they'll travel to Sedge Island by boat. And that, that's a trip in itself. I love that. Uh, yeah. Thursday will be spent receiving instruction from biologists and experienced waterfowl hunters. These aren't guys. These are mentors now, okay? And on Friday, participants will be teamed with an experienced mentor to prepare for an afternoon hunt. Saturday will wrap up with a morning hunt. And kind of like I described earlier in the in the program, Karen, coming over the Mullica River uh, Thursday morning, just just and just seeing the um, the mist coming off the river and the flock five or six black ducks coming up and flying through the mist. I said that it's it's waterfowl time. It is waterfowl time along the Jersey Shore. Listen, you have a woman you know that wants to try waterfowling for the first time. This is the event, Karen. Go into that. Uh, what's the spot uh, site one more time to register? Uh, NJFishAndWildlife.com. Okay, it is worth it. This is going to be a super event. Well, Karen, thanks for joining us on Rackovin. Good luck with the event. It's always a winner winner across the board. And uh, we hope to get you uh, the wrap up you know, maybe in a uh, couple of weeks after the event. What do you think? That sounds great. I'm telling you, right now it's teal time. The black duck, the black ducks will be down in early December. I already put the order in for you. <laughs> oh, good, good. That would be nice. Take care, Karen. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. You'd be good. Thank you. See you. Bye.
It is an outstanding event. NJ Fish and Wildlife Outdoors Women's Mentored Coastal Waterfowl Hunt. It's going to be at the Sedge Island Natural Resource Education Center December 1st and 3rd. That's a Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Applications have to be in by tomorrow, Sunday. I realize extremely short notice, but this is it's worth it. And no, they haven't picked any yet, so it's wide open. You never know. You may get picked, but it's limited to 12. You got to be in it to win it. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. The WPG Talk Radio app is your connection to South Jersey's talk station. Get free, unlimited local and statewide news from New Jersey's largest radio news team. Download all of our local shows as podcasts and more. Powered by Ambient Comfort. For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com. Healthy Life. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Weekend of November 12th and 13th. Wrapping it up with Ed Markowski, New Jersey Outdoor Alliance president. And the breaking news, Murphy says he will end his ban on the bear hunt. Again, a lot of things going to be happening between now and Tuesday, late afternoon, early evening, whenever this meeting uh, concludes. And we'll go into this in greater detail for next Saturday's program on the 19th. Well, Ed, let's uh, let's get more into this. The mechanizations, getting this going. When, if you can give us an idea, when did this start that you're able to, you know, maybe change Murphy's mind besides all the news reports about bear invasions, bear attacks, et cetera? What, what's, what was happening? Well, it, it started with the uh, release of the results of the uh, bear incidents uh, for the September, October period of time when it showed that. You know, that, like the Category 1, we're up 300%. Category 2, up 1,150%. Category 3, up 660. And then a uh, reporter from the Herald took the time to go to police departments, knock on doors, and find out if they had a lot of bear complaints in the municipality that weren't being recorded by the state. And they did. Yeah, and they yeah. had a tremendous number of car bear collisions. They had a tremendous number of complaints, livestock, and when he printed his article, I think that opened the eyes of a lot of people that the reporting system was flawed. They were only getting the ones that were called into Trenton. So actually, while the actual bear activity reports that are released by Trenton are accurate to their figures, they did not include all of the bear reports that were coming into the municipalities. I think faced with that he finally realized the fact that how big of a risk it was to the public to allow the bear population to go on unchecked for another year. So the December hunt is not going to really control the bear population, but hopefully it will take care of some of the nuisance bears that are causing the problems. Uh, yes, as Ed mentioned, uh, you know, road kills us. I, I'll have a blog about this on Tuesday. Uh <laughs> Ed, just uh, just the other day, up in Bear Country, roadkill on Route 15, one clean shot, bang, no blood or anything. This is this was strictly severe internal damage. And there you go. I can't imagine what happened to the vehicle that hit this thing. This thing looked every bit of 300 pounds. So it is indeed. Beside, you know, it's a safety feature all around. Besides home invasions, getting the garages and cars, or whatever. The road aspect of it, we've we're seeing them all over the place. 
I want to know, again, political pressure, donations, et cetera. What made Murphy and, I guess, the puppet La Tourette's commissioner, whatever, DP commissioner, think that hiring a couple of conservation officers, in my opinion, people, and more education was going to stop the population growth? That I just don't get it. Finally, Markowski, is he uh, following the science? Took him four years, but he says he is, and we, we can only wait and see. Um, the science hasn't changed. The science from his own biologist and from the uh, bear program that we had out there has always been there. Uh, I think it's a combination of two. He was elected for a second term. He's not running again. And he'd like to take national office, maybe uh, the next go-around in 2024. Oh, yeah. So he's looking at that image, and that image is putting the people, is it, is it prudent for him to put the people of New Jersey at risk for a small segment of the anti-hunting population? Okay, listeners, we will be going this, as I said, three times. This is very important because this, this augurs for hunting in New Jersey across the board. As you know, the antis are very active and, and just parsimonious. They just keep going and keep going and keep going. Well, already a avowed animal, I call him a avowed animal rights freak. He's a, you know, advocate, whatever. Former, uh, well, he's up in Union County, State Senator Ray Lesniak is already threatening Murphy with a lawsuit. So, uh, Ed, are there possibilities that can stall everything? There's always a possibility of a lawsuit with somebody trying to get uh, emergency uh, action on it. But I, I don't think, based on the governor's powers, based on the fact that the Supreme Court decision of the necessity for having a comprehensive black bear management policy in effect will be taking care of all of the criteria that have been legally established will be set to have a season in December. Okay, we'll be going into some more detail uh, next Saturday. You are already in the computer and on the board, Markowski. You can't escape. <laughs> and thanks for the great information. Listen, breaking news, Rack and Fin Radio. How does August for hunting in the future? We shall see. Bear hunting looks like it will be returning to New Jersey. Ed, you take care. Best of the family. See you soon. Okay, thanks, Tom. Take care. I'll do it for this week. I'm Rackin' Finn Raider with me, Tom P. Stripers all over the place getting the, the ugly weather Friday and the Saturday, what have you. Things are settling down. There's specks down there all through Stone Harbor, going down through Seattle. we got the, the speckled sea trout. Stripers all over the place, out front and back. Tog bite is furious. Sea bass and porgies. Well, you got to have to get out on those wrecks. And again, pheasant and quail, squirrel, rabbit, everything is going on. Get out and enjoy. God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders and law enforcement. See you next week. Rack and Finn Radio.